Yeah. All right. You go. You good? Yeah, I'm good. All right. <laughs> welcome, welcome to must be so weird you can't hear it. <laughs> just, just a shield. Yeah. I play to you afterwards. Right. We're back today. It's episode 379. Aline Thorne is in the house. Northern Lights School, Thunder Bay. Everybody, please give it up to the one and only Aline. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Michael. It's an honor. It's like, you know, I've we we came across you. We've actually know about your school. We, we have kids, right? And your school is very special. There's a lot of special things going on. And you know, we we excited that you're here today and we can talk about what's going on in education. Okay. And all the knowledge that you bring to the table. You brought books, we already talked pre-show about Waldorf, philosophy, mm -hmm. Rudolf Steiner, those those phrases. Nowadays, people would say hashtags, <laughs> right, on social yeah. media. Yeah. But like, you are from Toronto? You yes. moved here in 2012? 2012, right, you yeah. got it. Yeah. yeah, and then here you are today on 2023 on the Michaelated. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Great. So, what should we talk about? Like, where where do you want to start? Like, why did you come to Thunder Bay? Yeah, my daughter came to university in the outdoor recreation. She stayed and she started um, working here in you know um, uh, wilderness supply. And then she also worked for an accountant. And then she said she wanted to work in our family business. And our family business is um, Mercurius Canada, which is a supplier of Waldorf school supplies in Canada. So we represent a European line of school and art supplies. Oh. So she wanted to work in that business, so she started, and our family business is located in our home. So that's still there, and she works in it. Mm -hmm. And um, But I said to myself, um, I'm here for family, I'm here for business, but why am I here? So I walked around for about half a year, and I got, um, my children went to the Toronto Walder School in Toronto uh, from kindergarten to grade 12. Yeah, you worked for them too, right? Yes, I did. Yes. Yeah. And I was in um, the development office uh, doing marketing, fundraising, that kind of thing. But then I went to the Steiner Center, which is the teacher training. So I was in the Waldorf Teacher Training Institute for seven years. Oh, wow. And then I started a, a parent program and parent center and so on. Mm -hmm. But. Um, here in Thunder Bay, there's been Waldorf child cares called Little Lions Waldorf Child Care. That's right. So the um, actual consciousness of Waldorf education as an approach to you know child care and education had been here for many years. Mm -hmm. There had also been an initiative group that wanted a Waldorf school in Thunder Bay, and I got connected to them. And we initially wanted to have it in a public school as a... Um, part of the public school and be publicly funded, but separate in this way as a curriculum. Right. We approached um, Lakehead Board and they looked at it. They took our proposal and they said, not at this time. So once that was kind of turned down, then the group dis dispersed because they were very interested in public funding. Mm -hmm. So it was a couple of years later that I was actually doing a course for the Waldorf um, early childhood, uh, Little Lions, I was doing a professional development course for them. Okay. And one of the parents uh, or one of the educators said, we need a Walder school in Thunder Bay. And I said, well, then let's start one. Oh. 
Okay. So 2017, uh, we started a kindergarten in the North Mac Rec Center upstairs, and every year we've added a grade. So we're up to grade six now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's out Dawson Road. Is that where? That's is correct. It? Yeah. Yes. Government Road, Dawson Road. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. How yeah. many grades you got now? Uh, this year will be grade six. So wow. we're kindergarten to grade six. That's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And you are there every day? I am the founder and the board chair. So we have teachers teaching the children okay. and I'm more or less um, overseeing the development of the school and the administration and, you know, all yeah. those uh Details. So it's like a private school. In a it way. is a private school. What we call an independent alternative school. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 We sent my parents actually in Germany we, when we knew we would immigrate to Canada. They sent my little brother. He's ten years younger. Shout out Florian. He's like they sent him to an international school. I see. So he started English in grade one. Uh huh. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. they wanted to prep him so he would know what to say. <laughs> Good for him <laughs> when you, when they get here yes yeah. yes like you know and then i i like that like the the school to be universal because then even through language mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you yeah, know there's but then language also is funny because there's another story that i think was really good for what we're talking about tonight once upon a time we went on a trip with my parents somewhere north Europe, probably like Sweden or Denmark, and we played this game, uh, foosball. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we played, me and my sister, and there was two other kids, and they spoke a different language. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what they were mm -hmm, saying. Mm -hmm. But through <clears throat> playing, there was a connection, and we felt like friends. So there's a universal connection to the world and to others through movement and play. Mm -hmm. Because I was going to say that uh, Waldorf education uh, is independent and differentiated from what we could call uh, public education through its principles and practices. So, for example, our, our mission for the school is to reimagine education in Thunder Bay. And so it's a picture of uh, educating uh, the child in their wholeness and not just in the academics or speech or whatever, but also through uh, the arts, which operate at a different uh, level of language through, um, you know, expression of through the arts, mm -hmm. movement and, you know, color and sculpture and all of those. That's true. And then also through our practical uh, life skills and, um, you know, our work and play in the world and so on. Yeah, they call it emotional intelligence nowadays. Well, Waldorf education sees this head, heart, and hands. So we educate the whole child, but we also educate in stages. So, for example, in seven-year stages, the first seven years is early childhood. The second is childhood, per se. And then 14 to 21 is uh, what we could call adolescence. So what we do in Waldorf education is educate um, different capacities at each level because the child development... Uh, goes through a st uh, stages in seven years to a maturation phase. So, for example, the early childhood from birth to, s to seven, mm -hmm. the child is really learning about the world, and they do that through kinetic intelligence. In other words, movement and experiential and creativity and play yeah. and so on. So that they're in what we call their will. In other words, they're in their doing 
They are in their own world, right? They're in their own world, but they're in uh, learning about the world okay. through doing and being uh, in their senses, not inwardly or intellectually, but I want to do. In other words, they're doing and they're creating. So their imagination, if they wanted to create a world, they would have to do it. Okay. They would have to create it out of their own fantasy, and but they want to play it out. They yes. can't just live inwardly to it. They have to play it out. Oh. So it's an outer gesture to the world and learning about how the world works. Okay. So, for example, public education has taken academics and taken it down, academics, which is the head, relating to the world through head and thinking, mm -hmm. into earlier and earlier stages and taken away the child's ability to be in movement and experiential learning and in a way um, subjugated the development of that stage and the physical body because the first seven years the child is developing their physical body and physicality. So to take that away, especially with boys, they get very frustrated and it's not their medium, medium of learning at that stage. So mm -hmm. you have a lot of children who are struggling at school and very unhappy. Because they're so active? Well, they need to be active because that's the way they learn at that stage. It okay. will change, but at that stage, that is not being fulfilled for them. Mm -hmm. And what we're beginning to see is children on technology and so on, that children are no longer embodied. Children are no longer capable. We have doctors who can't do operations because they actually aren't capable with their hands anymore. Oh. So they have no strength. They have no will. So to develop the will in the first seven years that I can do, I can create, because we have such a culture now where people um, are no longer working because they don't have any interest in working anymore. Hard work, right? Working there, yeah, for there's something. Not, no, you know, right. it used to be that in a nature-based culture and more traditional, you know, you did work. Work in the home, work on the farm, work in industry. Work was, what is your work? Mm -hmm. We're educating for it, but we're not in that culture anymore. But then children are no longer embodied and able to be creative and work and create things in a physical way. Right. Let me break this down how I understand it too. You know, for me, there's logic and then there's emotions, mm -hmm. right? And everything has to be in balance. Yes. So in other words, uh, logic, which is the head, and then emotions, which is the heart, and then the physical body or the hands. So what I was going to say is after childhood, early childhood, where we're educating through the senses, through the body, through the physicality, then we go to 7 to 14, which is the grades, And, we, and they have this strength of will now and the ability to be creative. We go into feelings and with the arts. Oh. So now the world is no longer physicality demanding something. It's now, what is my inner relationship? Mm. How can I experience the world through my feelings and develop, uh, not emotions, but what's the feelings informing me of? And that's the heart. So it's from the limbs to the heart. So now we have an artistic approach where, um, you know, where they're brought things in stories and then they take their what we call main lesson books is that they, in an artistic way, they render the story in their own drawing mm -hmm. so that they can, through drawing an artistic approach, they individualize it and they experience it more deeply inwardly. 
Right. I mean, that is what? Which phase is that? What phase? Yeah, you said that's seven to fourteen, where social, emotional, artistic approach okay. to education. Interesting. And the thinking comes, but it's not what we're educating right now. Mm. If we have this picture of the human being as body, soul, and spirit, right. or head, heart, and hands. We've educated the hands or the limbs and creativity in the body, and now we go to the soul. Okay. And Waldorf education is considered from the inside out. Right. Yeah, what did you say earlier? Spirit. Well, spirit is coming, and that is if it's body in, in early childhood. In childhood, it's the soul or the, the emotional social. Then uh, spirit comes in high school. The individual human spirit now becomes the guide. Right, and that is the intellectual ideas and an intellectual approach, academic intellectual approach, to the world, and very individualized. The teenager or the adolescent is looking for their star. Right. Yeah. What, when do you think a child becomes self-aware? Self-aware is at three years of age, where they say "I" for the very first time. So okay. the "I," which is the uh, spirit, is coming in in stages. It comes into the physical body first of all at age three. I do. I want to do. I do. Right. They're very will-oriented. They want to do it, and that's the first time at three when they say "I." Is that why we don't remember anything when we're young? When we don't remember, like, babies, like I don't remember when I was a baby. Don't know. Of you course, you remember not. when you were no, a baby. No, no, of course you don't. Yeah, yeah. Like that's like time you are alive and you don't you don't know it. The first we talk about what does it mean to be human in, in Waldorf education. So, for example, to be human compared to animal, the human stands up in the first year. Animals don't stand up. So we stand in the first year, and humans stand. The second year, we begin to have language. Animals don't have language; they have communication, but they don't have a language like we understand it. And then in the third year, once you have language, then you're able to form thoughts, and then you have thoughts which separate you from yourself in some ways, and then you're able to say "I" because you have then concepts to speak about something. That's consciousness. That is consciousness. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but I'm always amazed at the animals who stand up right away when they're born. <laughs> well, they're on four feet. It's true. They're not uh, bipedal or whatever that human beings are. Mm. So they don't stand upright. They can stand, and then they have to drop again to okay. their four feet. Oh. So we are uniquely not animals; we are human. Yeah. So Waldorf education asks, "What does it mean to be human?" Particularly in this age, it's definitely an interesting question because of what's happening in um, the world. This whole concept of technology, AI, transhumanism—the mm -hmm. question is becoming more and more central and profound. Yeah, people want to have purpose. Of course, they do, but everything is, in a way, um, being subjugated to um, you know the development of higher and higher technology. Which is going to take over human thinking? Mm -hmm. We've had machines that take over human will, and now what is left? It's only the human heart. Right. But what will happen in in the future is um, even that will be taken over. So, what does it mean to be human, and how can we evolve as human beings? And the most important time to 
grow as a human as when you're a child, right? Yes, but you know, it's very interesting because we have a whole life, and do we stop developing at 21? I think it's harder to change. Okay, I'll give you a picture. From birth to 21, we're we're developing our instrument, which is our physical um, bodies. From 21, we develop our soul and our individuality in our in our own sense of self. Mm. And then after 42, we develop spirit as a consciousness for the world. In other words, my meaning and purpose, because spirit is my highest self. Okay. which has um, life purpose and meaning, mm. which is an internal kind of incarnating um, principle that we seek purpose and meaning in life. Right. I, I like that. I feel like, though, you know, you, you say an age very specific, like 42, but I think people are, you know, people are self-aware. Totally, always. But you see, the operating principle, for example, developing your physical body is most important at birth to seven. 100%. And then it changes to feelings, and then it changes to thinking. And then from 21 to 42, you're experiencing the world through your yourself or your individuality. But after 42, mm. you've already developed this adult consciousness that there's something that you've come to give as a gift or service to the world. It's something beyond. There must be more. There's more than just self. Yeah. There's other, there's service. Mm. And there's meaning and purpose because I've come to change the world, basically. I've come to offer myself which is something that has higher purpose. Yeah, that's huge respect to that. Yes. Right? Yeah. So public education, um, being what it's been based on, is making sure that children learn what they need to learn to get a job so that they can um, find their purpose and meaning in life. But the thing is, is that... Um, yeah, the, let me interrupt you for one second. Go ahead. When I was... When I graduated, I was 21 because I, I didn't want to learn what the school told me to do. Yes. I got better when I just accepted that I had to repeat what they said. Yes. Then I didn't feel great anymore. But I like, I did not know what I want to be when I was 21. Of course not. I, there was no way for me to choose, hey, no. I want to do a podcast. Yes. Like this, I, I like this. Yes. But I would have not known. Yes. So how would we have educated you? Would we have educated you with a whole bunch of facts and information? Would we have educated you with choosing what your career path was? Or would we have educated your capacities for thinking, feeling, and willing, and being individual? And number three. Of course. I would love that. That's of course. Yeah. And education needs to be reimagined because of the, where we are in uh, the demands on the human being are shifting. And it's no longer, you know, that you have to get a job that is based in learning a whole bunch of facts. You actually have to build capacities now, soul capacities. You know, people are um, educated for certain jobs, but the inner human being, if they can't maintain themselves and maintain their own um, ability to achieve that job, that's what's become more important, actually is the human soul. Mm -hmm. How do we educate the human soul? We have all the information, we have all the techniques, we have all of that. What's really needing now is that the human being is suffering. The human being is at risk. Yeah, there must be a and job that's for... The inner, that's the inner self. Okay. Yes. Yeah, when you say that, I think of cops. Cops. 
like the police yes of course right they yeah. go like they get they go to training they're physically fit that's right that's they, right they do the mind training and then they are on out there and then you know yes that's it's the real world out there that's right and it's like it's brutal out there. that's right and then you know you have to deal with that that's right And But that's the way it is for almost all people. They get out into a job and then they find the challenges because we that's what how we learn is through challenges. Yeah. And then the question is, <laughs> then the question is, um, how do we meet the challenges? Do we have resiliency? So we talk in Waldorf education about uh, clarity in our thinking, balance in our feelings and initiative in our will. So how is it that this whole emotional, social, intellectual development in the grades can be developed through stories of humanity and human beings um, experiencing life and experiencing all the things that um, through the cultural epochs, we, we sorry, we have a, a curriculum that uh, recapitulates the evolution of consciousness through the cultures. So, for example, in grade one, we tell fairy tales and stories that are mythical because that's where the human being was in early stages of our consciousness, is that we were one with spirit. We were in a state of oneness, as you see, you know, indigenous and so on, and that we lived with the archetypes, we lived with the ideals of humanity. So that's the fairy tales, the good and the bad, the prince and the princesses and all that. Like the Greek and the Romans too? Well, no, you listen okay. for a minute, because in uh, year two, then we go to the fables and the Aesop fables, where we have saintly beings and then we also have um, the animals. I brought a story of the mouse and the lion. Okay. And then the story is told how the lion is woken by the mouse And then um, it's captured by the lion who lets him go with the promise that, you know, he will um, help him in the future. And the lion gets caught by a, uh, uh, a rope or a, a net. Mm. And it's the mouse that comes and saves him by gnawing through, through it. So Waldorf education is a moral education, not through moralizing, but by through moral storytelling. So the moral quality in the fairy tales, the moral qualities in grade one, and then grade two is the, is the fables, and then by and the saints, which are higher beings, but then also the the animals that have these trickster uh, qualities. Mm. By grade three, it's the Hebrew people, and the and the time when people began to um, experience a separation from spirit, okay. and then there was Moses who came in and delivered the laws. It was the first form of law because before that they were guided by spirit mm. and it was the higher. But now we start to have to need laws and the Hebrew people took on the law that was given them by the divine. By grade four, I just finished these, by grade four is the North mythologies okay. with the darkness and the light and Loki and all of this. By grade five, they get into ancient Egypt and India. By grade six, they get into the Middle Ages and into the Renaissance. Grade seven and eight, they get into the revolutionary stages in Europe and in America. So this evolution from being one with spirit to experiencing these cultures, it's a recapitulation of what it's meant to be human all through those ages. And as you and I have our earlier stages within us, all human beings have within them being the Egyptians or being the Greeks 
and so on. So they have these in us and they remember, in a sense, in a kind of intuitive way, mm. what it meant to be human in different stages of consciousness. Interesting. It is. I like that. Yeah. It's like a history lesson at the same time. It too. is. And history is made from the word his story. The yeah. story of what it's meant to be human, which is this uh, very central question. Can we educate the child to become a human, <clears throat> to become a human being, not to get a job, but really a, to become themselves and to become a human being? Yeah, and that ultimately would be a good human being. Well, this is it. Moral, but also free. Yeah. So it's, you know, we talk about Waldorf education as living in a spiritual, cultural sphere. So, for example, there are three spheres to society. There's spiritual, cultural sphere, which the principle is freedom. Freedom in education, freedom in culture, freedom of speech, and so on. <clears throat> Then we have the middle sphere, which is the political or legal sphere, and there the principle is rights. All people in front of the law and politics and political must be uh, have rights, equal rights. And then in the sphere of economics, which is the third sphere, we must have brotherhood and um, community and looking after each other. And when we have, uh, for example, political um, overreach into education, then there's a limiting of freedom and freedom of um, the teacher practicing the education that meets the child. What we have now in public education is a, um, a curriculum that's top-down, that's determined by the ministry, where you, they have to, the teachers now have to deliver this curriculum to these children. Instead of it being met as individualized, we have a kind of um, dictum where standardization and um, you know uh, testing and so on now becomes the criteria. So if they don't do that, they're not going to pass and they're not going to get their jobs because they can't go to university. Meanwhile, the whole inner life of the child has its own direction, its own seed, its own way to find its way into the world. That we must serve. How was that in Ontario? Like, was it always like this? Yes. Okay. Yeah. But the curriculum has changed, right? Curriculum has changed. Like it's, you know, like for my son, for example, I know this. Now they do indigenous knowledge. They pass along the residential schools very early on yes. to the kids in grade two or three already now. I mm -hmm. don't remember. But yes. he learned about that and he asked questions, right? Right. That's like something that has changed. And I think it's really good. Yes. You know, because we need to know where we come from. But the question is when should some of this stuff come. It's true too. Because it's actually politically correct to be uh, teaching about indigenous and, you know, rights, human rights and all these kind of things when the child is not yet asking it. It's, it's a very hard and tough question because, you know, kids uh, take everything for truth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. You can tell a kid anything and it will believe it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I personally, I don't know. But I feel like it it was it definitely shook him up, and he was thought about it, and you know, I don't know what, if it was the right time or not. But I, I've, 
it was for me it was a good experience because i could ask i was there for him and i could help him to understand it if he truly understands it from like you know how i would understand about like nazi germany when i was in high school and they told me about it in grade 11 or 12 i don't know that mm -hmm. but that like you know that's mm -hmm. we in history in germany that's what we learn and we go to the concentration camp and we 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 are there and we uh, we experience that mm -hmm. in the older um age of early education yeah so the question is what is it that the child is experiencing as far as their consciousness of themselves and the world so we in grade three and four we actually teach about uh, creation mythologies mm -hmm. and then grade four we actually teach about um, aboriginal uh, education uh, sorry aboriginal settlers and all that kind of story of um you know, the early times of coming onto the land because the child is actually starting to become a little bit more independent, mm -hmm. a little bit more self-aware, and how to garden, how to build, how to create, um, you know, colonization and that kind of thing. So those kind of concepts come in there and the early people, their stories and their settlements and what uh, about the land and all this kind of thing. So that comes more in grade three and four. Okay. And then that's when it more in grade three and four. Okay. And then that's when it makes sense to say, and then these people, you know, lost their land and so on because it's natural. It's not a political kind of political uh, because it's been pol politicized it's actually naturally coming out of where they are and they're starting to build their own consciousness of themselves in the world a little bit more separate from their parents or from even their teachers mm -hmm. so it's naturally coming in rather than um, kind of a top-down approach like we must teach this now we must teach that now so the, the Waldorf teacher is always looking at um, child development. How is the child's evolution of consciousness changing over time and what's right at the right time? Mm. But then also, where is the child in their, um, the need for the education because of uh, what the needs of their inner life and their um, stage of consciousness is asking of the teachers. That's, yeah, it's a huge responsibility. So, yeah, and so it's very much individualized by the, the teacher to teach the children they have in front of them. Mm -hmm. Who is this child? What do these children need? Whereas the ministry is saying, you must teach this now. You must teach this now. It's a system. It's a system. And teachers are saying the, the system is now broken. People are talking about, and we have amazing teachers, but it's very stressful to teach in the, in the public system now. And there's a lot of individuation of the children. They're all individuals now. They're becoming more individualized. It's hard to teach the group. And it's also very difficult to teach what you're being told to teach them and make sure they learn it, otherwise they're going to fail. Mm -hmm. And children are, are not there anymore. They actually have independent and individualized needs that they need to have met. Meanwhile, there's this curriculum that's being delivered. Waldorf education has a curriculum, but it stands behind the, the teacher. In other words, they know a curriculum. They have an understanding of child development. Right. Whereas teachers in public school systems, it's it's in front of them. This is what you have to deliver. So you have a you have like a year of. Uh, curriculum knowledge yes right yes for you at, at Waldorf yeah and then you the teacher can choose when to where individualize it yeah. individualize it and they are the free 
Waldorf education is about freedom in education, Freed, freedom in a way to individualize and meet the children where they are, mm -hmm. and particularly individual children, but also freedom from this dictum. But then lastly, is, is that with um, developing and maturing our will so that we are free to yet to do or not to do, in other words, freedom from and freedom towards, freedom in the feeling life and the development of a matured feeling life and emotional social, and then freedom of our thinking and to be able to be independently thinking, right. education towards freedom as adults so that they stand as individuals being able to think, feel, and, and be independent and individualized. And then they make the right choices? Hopefully. Yeah. But then the question is, have they received a moral education? Not moralizing, mm -hmm. but really that there lives in these stories many people who've made the wrong choices, and then the right choices become more visible. Mm. So, um, you know, in past, we've had religion that gave us a um, direction. You know, they talked about the good and the evil, but we have lost religion. The religion is, the time for religion is over. The question now is, can we awaken to a higher consciousness, higher, which is called spirit? Mm. And spirit is coming back into our culture through for example, yoga, meditation, all of these things, people are seeking higher development mm -hmm. because it's no longer a given that an everyday life will uh, meet the struggles that the human has in their soul. We must seek higher solutions or higher perspectives. Aline, let me ask you, earlier you said, you know, through grade one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, you told the story of how the knowledge is um, told through stories, right? Yes, yes. And you, we, so you said earlier, the early beings, mm -hmm. humans, yeah. they were in spirit. That's right. We but were one. Why did we lose it? Because we had to. Because it's like being in your family home. Why did you have to leave home? Because mm. you had to grow up. You had to become independent. You can't yeah. be with spirit. You can't be with the creator forever. You got kicked out. Okay. It's called kicked out of paradise. Mm. Because we needed to become independent and individualized and seek our own direction. And then there came a point when we became so devoid of spirit, so separated, so uh, in a way in the hands of the dark forces, or we could say evil increases every day. Mm. Like dark ages? Well, the dark ages, but where are we now, for example? I feel like, you know, it's a tough time. It's an absolutely tough time. And the question is, where is the moral leadership in the world? Mm. Where is moral leadership? With you and me. Well, this is the point. Where do we find a moral compass when religion that was once is no longer, we don't, we don't connect to it anymore? Well, lots of people still do. No, but I'm saying that it's not the operative uh, force that it once was. Everyone went to church. Right. Everyone had community. Everyone yes. had community. Now we are totally individualized. Mm -hmm. we are, everything is open to us on technology. We can get whatever we want. We don't have any kind of higher guidance. Mm. And our parents are idiots in some ways, you know, when we get to be adolescents. So where do we find true higher guidance? Steiner says that we need spirit back into culture because we need to um, reach for the higher, but we don't even know what spirit is. Mm. 
If I said, well, what is spirit? People would go, are you talking about religion? No, I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about higher um, ni nature of the human being that connects to something greater. Mm. And this threefoldness is that there is a spiritual world. It's a reality in Waldorf education. Okay. There's a soul or the human world and the physical or the natural world. The human being lives in these three worlds and it's the I that finds the higher in the physical, that finds the higher in the soul, and the higher in the spiritual world that becomes the personal guide. Like the consciousness? Yes. Okay. But it's also a personal guide that that realizes that there is reality to spirit. So for example, the, the oak tree. Mm -hmm. what, what was the thought of the creator when, it, when he or she created oak tree? It was the ideal or it was the archetype of oak tree. So that is a thought. That is the ideal. That is the higher principle of oakness or oak tree. That is what we need to connect to that is not necessarily in a physical form, but is actually like in... a blueprint? Yes. It's an archetype or a blueprint, and that is spirit, and that is held in a thinking so we can like, connect through meditation. So to like the, the thing that Einstein was looking for. Yes. Right? The That's universal right. That's right. whatever he said. Yes. And he couldn't find it though. Yeah. But yeah. this is what we're talk we talk about when we talk about intuition now. Intuition is developing this consciousness of something that is true and higher. Do you think through science you can find the universal? Um, totally. Absolutely. Through science you think? Or is it both ways? You can find it emotionally too. Well, we can find it through the inner self, right? Mm -hmm. But we can also find it with the other. Like we can find something between the two of us that neither one of us has, but the third principle has. Yeah, math doesn't lie. My dad told me once. Mm -hmm. It's one plus one is two. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's fascinating. Yes, yes. Well, actually, Waldorf education and uh, what I'm speaking about is called anthroposophy, which is the wisdom of the human being. Okay. So that that knowledge is incarnating into us from the spiritual worlds. So we actually yeah, have, there there's this picture that we have all the knowledge that we need in the world, that all we have to do is to be able to reach inside and connect. So what you're saying is then that all the ideas we have already exist. Of course. Yeah. All the created world has been created and gifted to the human being. So everything you know that I think of already somebody else has thought of. Totally, yeah. absolutely. That's crazy though. But there is also the new is being created. I'm sorry? New, the new okay. can be created and that's where we can become creative beings. Okay. So the spiritual world has created to a certain point the world as it stands. Oh, that's a, that's. But they've handed it over to us. Ah. And now we become creators or co-creators with nature human beings and spirit, mm -hmm. because we can't do it on our own. When did that happen? That has been happening for a while, but okay. um, you know, there was really at um, the turning point in time between BC and AD, where the human being um, started to take over the world. Okay. And the spiritual world needed to step back. Mm -hmm. And now we find ourselves in a very difficult position around the world and the state of the world and nature, right. the human soul, 
and devoid of anything that's spirit. Mm-hmm. So Waldorf education was to bring spirit, not religion, spirit, the individual human spirit, consciousness of it back so that we serve the individual human spirit mm-hmm. and in their ideals, their purpose, their meaning, and so on. Yeah. Sounds fascinating. Well, it is. It's a very different form of education. So if we look at, for example, indigenous culture, which here in Thunder Bay, we have you know, so many fly-in communities and Thunder Bay is so central for all these um, indigenous cultures. The question is, does the Ministry of Education curriculum with their bucket of information and all their facts and stuff and all their tests and all that stuff, serve these indigenous cultures. They're not teaching culture and a freedom in their own culture and their own language. Mm. Secondly, they're not uh, working at you know, the way that they learn because uh, traditional cultures are story-based. Storytelling too, yeah. Stories. So Waldorf education... That's what elders do, right? They yeah. do that. They tell stories. Yes. So Waldorf education is basically storytelling, the arts, and nature-based. Mm-hmm. And this is the culture that um, indigenous cultures need to recultivate for themselves. 100%. And they've dismissed in a lot of these um, communities the ministry education, the curriculum, and they don't have their own culture and their own education. Yeah, because it was taken away from them. Yes, but also their ability to understand what they might teach and have a curriculum. And there's now what we call Waldorf Indigenous where we have a curriculum that um, they can start to individualize and use because it understands child development and evolution of consciousness, mm-hmm. but it also understands the threefoldness of educating the will or the body, then educating the feeling or the inner life, and then into educating the individuality. Yes, and intergenerational t- trauma too. Yes, yes. Yeah, We had lots of younger indigenous people on the podcast And, you know, we talk about spirit names, we talk about, like, you know, their culture. And, you know, it's it's amazing that all the individuals we had on, they're striving to be more one with who they are. Yes. And to relight that fire, you know, growing into yes. their full purpose of where they come from and reconnecting with everything there. Yes, so they need to bring their culture forward, their language, which is their past. But then they need to be able to come into their own individuality, be facilitated through trauma. And the way that we do it in Waldorf is through the arts, so that they continually are experiencing um, their own inner life and their own inner feelings. And then for them to take um, their meaning and their purpose, because each individual has within them something that is a creative force for something new that needs to come into uh, into being in mm-hmm. life. So every human being has a unique destiny. How can we serve that that will create the future for these cultures? Because there's a tendency in uh, indigenous is to want to go back, but you can't go back, you must go forward. So how does the individual- Why can't you go back? Why can't you go back like, to- Do you mean back to the knowledge? No, back to where they were a uh, hundred years ago, they can't go back. Mm-hmm. They have to go forward, but they have to go forward with their own culture, their own language, their own individuality, their own impulses, their own culture, everything. Yeah. So in a way, they need something that serves them, not what serves the top-down approach. 100%. They're standing up for that too, though. 
this is it. But they don't necessarily have a curriculum because when we came, mm. when I came to Thunder Bay and they wanted an independent school, okay. I said to them, what kind of independent school? Oh, I don't know. We want an independent school. Yeah. I said, but what's your curriculum? Oh, I, we don't know. Okay. But to, to build and develop a curriculum is a huge task. It is. Oh, well, let's just take the imagine. ministry and make it a little bit this or a little bit that. No, no. There's a whole different picture of the human being, whole different picture of evolution of consciousness that needs to be developed for a very individualized, holistic, healthy culture and people. Mm. We need a, a revolution in education. And education, for example, in university now, mm. is all subjugated, all freedom of thought is subjugated to economic and political um, demands. I had a friend go and wanted to take the master's degree and then a PhD. All they wanted to know is, how can you attract funding for your research? They weren't even concerned about his research. They weren't concerned about his thinking. Mm. They were concerned about finding money that would continue their department. 100%. Everybody worries about their own first, right? So the economic has overreached into education, the cultural, spiritual. So has the political sphere overreached into uh, education. Education needs to be freed. Education needs to be serving the child, the individual human spirit. Mm. Yeah. In Germany, university was for free. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. For a long time. Yes. And then they just charge you. Now they charge you books. I don't know. I haven't been there for years. But, you know. But the, the very existence of university depends on what kind of funding they can attract. 100%. There was private that looked really good. And then there were public. And they looked. You still got your degree. But they look differently. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. I never went. I didn't go for higher education. Because I I don't know. I'd like there's no. There was no purpose for me to do that. Yes. Yes. It was just like, why? There's like Because they weren't teaching on uh, doing podcasts. And I, I wasn't who I am today. No. Like I would make, I would, I would say I would be interested in different things now that I have more experience in life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's hard to make that choice so early in life. Well, it, you know, by the time you're 21, you have birthed your ego or your I. And then it's time to go out into the world. And from 21 to 28, because of these seven-year cycles, 21 to 28 is an emotional, social soul. And we go out and we experience the world, lots of different careers, lots of different um, you know, places to travel. We go to college, we try different jobs and so mm-hmm. on. Because it's a time for developing a kind of... Um, really very present and very experiential and very emotional mm-hmm. and very good time. I scoot that up. 21 to 28. <laughs> yeah. No, you, you're yeah. actually experiencing the world as an adult for the first time. And I then guess. 28 to 35. Let me d- d- tell, tell you first what I did between yeah. 21 and 28. Yes. I worked every day from Monday to Saturday and had one day off and I just did nothing. You did nothing. <laughs> like, you know, you just work, you saved a little bit of money so you can buy a house, and then that was it. Well, the archetypal picture of 21 to 28 is that we're out in the world and in a very, um, you know, just experiential, experiencing everything and being free. Yeah. Then 28, you do what you did. 28 mm. is the time to settle down into a career. 
into a house and into family and so on. And it's the intellectual soul or the mind soul. The first one is the emotional soul. Mm. 28 to 35 is the intellectual soul where I think, therefore I am a thinking soul and becoming very rational and practical and a kind of thinking over the emotions to more of a, a matured thinking or experiencing things through thinking things over. That's the thinking soul. Okay. And then after 35, so we had 21 to 28, 28 to 35, and now 35 to 42 is, um, you know, starting 40s and so on. You start to experience, or 35 to 42, you start to ask yourself the questions. What am I doing? Why mm. am I doing this? And it's not just um, emotional. It's not just thinking. It's like, where is the real purpose and meaning in life? Mm. So starting to ask those deeper questions and starting to check in with self, what, what is it that I really wanted? Where am I going? And mm -hmm. those kind of existential questions. And I will, my will, is it behind what I'm doing in my life? Is this really what I wanted to do? Yeah. So these existential questions start to come up in the in the you know thirty five to forty two. Right, that's what anxiety is. No, anxiety is uh, overstimulation of the nervous system. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You have a cell phone. You have a cell phone, right? I do. Yeah. 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 You you embrace technology a bit? Totally, absolutely. But it doesn't. You know, in a, in theory, we need to be in the world. We need to be present and experiencing the world, but also in our eye. Yeah. So there are our eye, as in Asian cultures, we need to be centered. We need to be between, you know, that which pulls me out and that's what pulls me in to being able to be a master of my own being. So what do you do to be centered and balanced? Yeah, well, I have this meaning and purpose, my destiny, and that gives me a kind of um, purpose to my life that um, limits me around going too far out or too far in. Yeah, both very easy to yes. do. Yes, yeah. and then I lose my way and then I have to correct again with where's my course, right? Yes. So we talk in Waldorf Education also about, you know, we uh, each of us has this destiny in us which will um, self-correct us in some ways. Ah. But you need to be schooled in awakening to the I, awakening to the self, mm. which can be um, sacrificed for purposes uh, like, for example, people who are in jobs that can't get out of them because they feel that they're there for survival. And survival is unfortunately um, not something that self-fulfills uh, the higher sense and meaning and purpose. Yeah, but oddly, there is people who are just satisfied with working nine to five. They come home, they watch a movie, rinse and repeat. On Saturdays, they go to the CLE, and life is good. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. but then there's people who are creative, mm -hmm. people who want to like. Would you say that's destiny then too, just to be content? how things are absolutely okay absolutely who knows what they do at home they sit and they read and they're absolutely an amazing um you know thinker or something like that it's not there's no judgment okay it's really the individual i that's determining life purpose mm -hmm. right right as long as you're happy then i guess well it's happy happiness and fulfillment right 
what is fulfillment then? Like feeling good or yeah. purpose again, right? Yeah, meaning and purpose, for example. Mm -hmm. So uh, are you doing what it is that, you know, you're supposed to be doing is something that's an inner inner experience. Let me ask you this, Aline. Like if I have purpose and I feel good and, let's, and purpose keeps me busy, right? right? But right. then like I'm not busy, is that then I don't have purpose? Like if you let go of things? No, letting go is very important. Okay. Absolutely letting go, right? Mm -hmm. And coming into this place of um, nothingness. Right. Nothingness. Yeah. Because that's a kind of precursor to being creative. Say that again. Well, to make change in your life, you have to come to the void. You have to come to the nothingness. You have to come to that state of um, the old doesn't work anymore. Yeah. And the new, between the old and the new, there's a kind of midpoint mm -hmm. when letting go or accepting or that there's something that has died and then this rebirth. So this kind of letting go, or what, what was the original uh, concept? I feel like purpose... Is it always is evolving? Staying, purpose is like you feel busy in life and you like, I'm doing this podcast, uh, yeah, yeah, purpose, yeah. whatever. But like, you know, that's probably not really purpose. Like purpose would be more like working on me and no, our no, community and no. people. That's no, no, what I purpose, would purpose is outer, more outer than inner. Like engaging with community. Whatever your purpose is, you know, it might be writing a book, and mm -hmm. then it's not outer, it's inner, you know, in a sense, it's... Oh. it's um, I like how you switch it around so quick. <laughs> well, it's based in the will. Purpose is based in the will. The willpower? The, the, the ability to have the will. I will do something. Okay. And to be able to actually actualize that. And why do people have weak wills? Like, you know, willpower. Well, like, it's a good... I can't do this. I've, uh, it's a very good question. First of all, I would say it's not been educated, in other words, served. It's always been subjugated by something else, whereas the first seven years is to give the child the environment where they can actually be creative and have their own will because they're will beings. But then second of all, you know, why is it that people become subjugated by whatever, for example, drugs or um, addictions or things that are happening in their life, like technology is a, an addiction now, it's an addiction for me. Uh, you know, instead of going and doing the dishes, I'm sitting looking at my cell phone. That's a subjugated will. That's willpower to walk away from it. That's right. It That's is, right. yeah. You say, stop. Oh, sh shoot, <laughs> I gotta stop. Yeah, it's true. Yes. Yeah. I know. Yeah. You brought some books today. Yes, I you did. You want to talk yeah. about this? Yeah. Sure. Because I find that very fascinating. Right. Okay, so the, my daughter went to the Toronto Walder School. That's where we were in Toronto before we came to Thunder Bay. And <clears throat> we talk in uh, Waldorf education after the first seven years of the will, then the second seven years and starting to you know, school, the um, the learning and the reading, the writing and all that kind of stuff. And it's done in a unique way. So letters um, and numbers are actually symbols. Preliterate people um, created symbols. So I wanted to show you the K. Have you got it on a, on a picture somewhere? Yeah. yeah, he's blowing it up right now. There we go. 
It's, it's just a 10 second delay, so don't worry about it. Okay, so this is um, my daughter's main lesson book and they create their own main lesson books from the story, for example, of the king. Okay. So they're learning in grade one, or uh, yeah, grade one, uh, the letter K, but it, the teacher doesn't say, this is the letter K, this is now we're going to print K. She tells the story of the king and has his service to his people and how he defended the people. And so this gesture of the king defending his people with his foot out and his hand high, standing there, gives us the gesture of the K. The K comes out of his gesture okay. of his defense and his posture. And so what we see here is her practicing her Ks here mm -hmm. and then we see this picture here of the I'll just king move your cup for a second sorry move, move the gray cup there for oh, a second. oh sorry yeah there you go so here's the king he has a cape on mm -hmm. and he has his hand held high and there he stands that's it and now when you hear the k in k you think of king and there is this transitionary period which is pre-literate where k is connected to king and it looks like this. Mm -hmm. And then eventually the child loses that imaginative qualities, but the K has come out of a symbol that was connected to something real in the world. Right. Right? So that's grade one. They're learning their letters and their numbers and all that sort of thing. I, I, yeah. Mm -hmm. Doing their numbers and their letters. I'm trying to think. Yeah, where do the numbers come from? Um, and so on, they connect them. And then they start printing in their books, the goose girl went to the gate. Mm. And they start to read out of what they have written themselves. Reading comes out of their own will, so their own ability to create and to, uh, to uh, put it on paper okay. becomes what they read. So that's empowerment, right? Yes. And it becomes something that they have already a connection and a deeper relationship to. Mm -hmm. Okay? So that's grade one. And they also do what they call form drawing, which is to, um, if you look at these early parts of this book, mm -hmm. there are two forms basically in the world, straight line and the circle. We oh. know that through computer, right? Everything is created from the circle and the line. The one and the zero? The one and the zero. Everything is created from that. So they start with forms, the straight line and the zero, and, the, and then they start to repeat forms. And forms start to form their world mm -hmm. in this way. And then eventually it goes into mathematics and geometry and all of that, these forms. So form drawing is creating one's own form and forms in the world that come out of the straight line and everything comes out of straight line and circle. Okay. Okay? Yeah. So that's form drawing. And then if we go to grade two, mm -hmm. yeah, this is grade two. So here's the story um, I wanted to show you of the crow and the fox. Yes. So can you see that? Yeah, just move it over slightly more to right there. That's perfect. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, so the teacher tells the story of the crow and the fox, and then the children start to write it in their books. Oh, wow. Oh, by now, a crow perched in a tree holding uh, cheese. A crafty fox saw the crow and thought he would like the cheese. 
To flatter the crow, the fox said, Oh, you are so beautiful. You should be queen of the birds. Ha, uh, ha. He asked her to sing. Crow wanted to be the queen, so she sang, Caw, caw, caw. Out fell the cheese into the mouth of the fox. He said, You certainly have a voice, but no wit. No wits. Damn. So here's a story that the they fox, have right? they've heard. It's a moral lesson in some ways, but then also they now can read what they have written. It's crazy. And they draw it too. And they draw it and yeah. they individualize it and build this inner feeling and relationship to mm -hmm. this story. And it's emotional intelligence too. Emotional, physical, and then the story and the morals aren't moralized, but they arise in the child. Yeah, they become aware of what is right and what is wrong. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Fascinating. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. We have one comment here from Thomas. He says, very interesting school concept. I hope my son can attend the preschool this fall. And yes. actually, just Thomas, if you're still in the chat, there is an event going on very shortly, right? We've looked it up on the webpage. We got the open house. Yes. August the 29th. Yep. Uh, Four till six at Redwood. Yep. At Redwood Avenue. That's 2609. Uh, there is the Waldorf inspired curriculum, small class sizes, arts enriched, no screens, nature based learning, a sense of community. And that's where people can meet you too. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You will be there. But I wanted to mention that we have another location. Okay. And the other location is Tapiola. Three years ago, it was for sale. It was for sale, right. and, I, and I bought it. Nice to build our school there, but we couldn't have a school because it's flood zone on the road. Okay. So now we have one day nature programs there. Okay. And we're going to have a um, preschool program there two mornings a week, Mondays and Tuesdays. Mm -hmm. And that's maybe what he's referring to. And okay. we also have parent and child programs and a nature program on Fridays and Wednesdays for kindergarten. Oh. So these are one day recreational programs. Um, with nature because children are and soul is the whole world we're separating we're separated from nature and we don't a know it but we also don't have a real living relationship with nature we know when we get back to town after camping yes there's this right. feeling right that's right yeah i that's have right. that like you know i have that yeah and children actually um are inside we don't see them outside anymore they're on their technology children are not as healthy as they used to be mm -hmm. they're not as whole and they're not as health happy so nature-based education uh, to reconnect to nature actually builds the child's uh, well-being so we're looking for well-being in children 100%. so that they can fulfill their own individuality. Yeah, right? and to carry on the human race. That's right. And make this a better place. That's right. Yeah. The task of the human is to really move the world forward. 100%. Yes. It's a big task. Yes, it yeah. is. And it never stops either, right? No. Not for you, not for me. We well, all have, like, we all can change every day somebody else's life. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. What is the picture of the past? And, you know, we were one with spirit, but we will be evolving back to spirit. And the task of the human being in our philosophy that we follow is actually that we will return to spirit as individualized beings. And we will become, um, in a way, guardians of the earth. And our task is to bring wisdom and love to the earth. Okay. So 
the, the earth itself will become the planet of love for the universe. And then lastly is, is that... Um, the whole universe? Because every planet has particular... Like Jupiter is, um, you know, a certain quality and all these have... But the human being and earth's task is love. Okay. So wisdom becoming love. So you say your task every day, you do it out of love. Love is a deed, not an emotional lovey-dovey. But what do you do for Why do you do this? Because you love it for the world. It's a deed of love. Okay. And that's what our purpose is. That's why our destiny is so important, because it schools this capacity for love in the world. Yeah. I feel love is the strongest emotion there is. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's also the most powerful emotion. Where does love come from? It comes from the heart, and it's the heart that knows its way. Mm. The head doesn't know its destiny. The head doesn't know its karma. It's only the heart that knows. And that's why in Waldorf education, from 7 to 14, we're uh, schooling the feeling, but we're also schooling the heart. Okay. The heart that knows its way. And it's not the head, because actually, if you have a culture that's determined only from the head to the will and no heart, we have heartless culture, heartless human beings, heartless deeds. Yeah, it's pretty cold over there. It's very, very cold. And it's also very um, scary when you have people who are not heart-centered or heart-oriented towards humanity. Yeah. You can get very uh, ugly, disastrous, evil things happening to people. 100%. I don't want to leave it off like that, though. What was that? Yeah, I don't want to leave it off like that. No, of course not. Yeah, we're just a little bit over the hour. So, you know, I want people to know... Arlene, you are here in town, you have this school, you have yes. the Waldorf-inspired yes. school, and you know, you, you shared your knowledge here today, and you you wanting kids to have a better life, to set them up to be who they are. Yeah, this individuality that has meaning and purpose and is, in a way, uh, becoming themselves. And that is in through an independent, individualized curriculum for them. Yes. But also for the group, which needs um, to be also forming the, the social uh, setting for that individuality. Right. Yeah. Have that space. Yes. Very yeah. important. Yeah. Yeah. The, we're going to put all the links in the description below. I'm going to have to bring it to an end. Mm. We're over the hour, Aline. And if people want to reach out, there's one more uh, question. Oh, there's a one more comment here. So, mm. Thanks, Maud. Amanda says, mm -hmm. Hi, Aline, you're doing a great job, Michael. Got to ask, <laughs> how has your mind been blown? LOL. <laughs> uh, Amanda, uh, there's a lot of things I've never talked about that I believe in. And, you know, I, it's a good day today to be here with Aline. So Thank I, you, Michael. I do know some stuff, you know, that is like not common knowledge, I guess, maybe mm -hmm. nowadays anymore. I don't know. But like, it's definitely good to feel how you do things over there yes yeah you know it's familiar because actually waldorf came out of europe mm -hmm. but it's a universal experience that is trying to be developed worldwide there's chinese waldorf schools there's indian waldorf schools it's a movement for independent education it's the biggest independent school movement in the world so there's thousands and thousands of schools all over the world individualizing their culture okay and teaching their own culture through um 
Yeah, it's sensitivity of what it means to be human and holistic. I love that. Yeah. Uh, Miss Yvonne de Bruyne says indigenous ways of knowing, being, and doing align very closely to Waldorf education. Education mm. needs to be reimagined. We need to have a different approach. And she thanks you very much for your inspiration. Thank you, Yvonne, <laughs> for coming in. And Patrick says, Patrick Bolio, thank you for sharing, Aline. Our two boys attend Northern Light School, and it's amazing. There we go. <laughs> it's Thanks. awesome. Great. If people have any questions or want to reach out, they can do that through social media and then through your webpage, right? Yeah, what's happening actually on tomorrow evening, um, we're at Tapiola, which is 140 Pento, and the grade... Um, uh, senior kindergarten grade one teacher will be there and we'll be there just to as a meet and greet and then the next week there will be uh, um, Solange will be there so we're there to meet people and if they have questions and so on and then we have our open house so in the next few weeks we have uh, three events coming up so check our website okay and um, it's uh, great to have this opportunity thank you very much for your work and for what you're doing and for your uh, your human spirit that knows its way and knows um, its purpose. Thank you so much. Offer this in Thunder Bay. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here today. Okay. Thank you, Michael. Everybody have a good night. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye. Take care. <laughs> That's it. Yeah.